Welcome to Optimizing Human Potential with some of the top experts in the world of mind, body, and soul. In this show, we'll deal with everything from holistic health and fitness to spiritual growth and consciousness. Here are your hosts, Nicole Cruz and John Kempf. Hello, and welcome to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach, helping busy parents to reach high levels of fitness and health, despite being sleep deprived and interrupted every two minutes. And I'm functional strength coach and nutrition coach and yoga instructor, John Kempf, and I help people improve their health and their performance using nutrition, movement, mindfulness, and meditation. And in this episode, we are joined by Jocelyn John. Jocelyn is the founder of Sleep is Health. She's a registered nurse, Spencer Institute certified sleep science coach, and a certified health coach who has a specialized understanding of holistic sleep solutions. Jocelyn helps individuals who have struggled with sleep for years to sleep peacefully in a matter of days. That is impressive. Jocelyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole and John. It's wonderful being here with you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so I'm really excited because when we were preparing for this episode, um, my understanding is that you are here today prepared to share tips that our listeners can use to get a better night's sleep tonight and that it has nothing to do with all of the basic stuff we already know, right? So you have stuff like, we, all, we know a lot of the basics, you know, electronics, cut off electronics before bed, dim the lights, go to sleep, wake up at the same time every day. Like people have heard a lot of those basics and we'll take a moment to go through those. But my understanding is that you came with other things that a lot of us haven't heard of that can be implemented tonight. Is that right? That's the mission and I'm excited to be here and I'm so proud for my holistic approach and at the end of the day, I'm really going to support people tonight to uh, look into their sleep challenges at a personal level and also help them actually come up with strategies to address those specific unique challenges for their sleep. Because I think now the mistake that is, uh, people are doing is to try everything out there. They tr they're trying every solution that they find. But at the end of the day, I'm here to challenge everybody to actually just try those strategies that are specific to the unique sleep challenges they're facing. And we will go over that. And uh, no other way starting about this other than talking about stress and sleep. Because stress is so uh, inevitable, but it has such a huge impact on sleep. And so we're going to unfold what does it really mean uh, when the body is experiencing stress? And then what does it mean uh, when uh, stress impacts sleep? And then how does actually sleep impact stress as a reverse? So we'll dive into those connections and we will also be uh, unfolding a lot of information that people can take on today and actually own and incorporate into their day-to-day -day lives. That is awesome. I mean, this, ex this is exciting for me because I certainly have some of my sleep troubles. And, you know, like you know, we've talked about, I'm one of those people who takes care of the basics. I do the, you know, everything right that's supposed to help. And yet, you know, sometimes whether it's life conditions or whatnot, 
it's still difficult to get some sleep. And so I'm actually really excited to implement what you're going to share today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So this is really exciting. And, uh, I also, I'm, I'm curious, sometimes I imagine what people are wondering about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to imagine when we think about stress, we just think that stress is this like, bad thing in life, right? We don't want to be stressed. Stress is bad. And of course, along with stress, there's also stress hormone. And I think I've heard um, a, a lot of people looking at stress hormone like, it's a bad guy. Essentially, stress can be okay if it's well managed. But uh, we are lo- going to look at what does it mean then when there is prolonged exposure to stress and what happens to the body when we are ex- uh, exposing it to uh, constant stress and what does that mean in terms of uh, optimizing our human potential it's really interfering with our human potential when that happens. So yes, um, the stress we experience like deadlines, uh, there is a special event, like especially now we are in October, there's all these events happening. Uh, Halloween, there's going to be Christmas. This kind of family stress is going to be there. But when you look at it, it's situational. It will go away. But then there's other levels of stress where you're constantly exposed to stress. So at the end of the day, that is the kind of stress that's more dangerous. But just a little bit of stress to inspire us to move forward to the next level might not be so bad after all, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So... I want to just jump into the deep stuff, but I know there are some people out there who don't know some of the stuff that we may consider basics, you know, some people who haven't looked into it. And so, um, you know, the electronics, the timing. And so I'm wondering if you could just take a couple minutes to go over some of those basics and then we're going to shut the door on that and get into the (laughs) juicy stuff that even the well-informed people here will totally geek out at okay <laughs> yeah well the, at the basic level uh we are designed at the basis of rest right we need rest we need sleep for rejuvenation we need sleep for better concentration we need sleep for healing uh, we need sleep to clean up our brain of toxins and also prevent cognitive decline like lack of sleep has been linked to build up of these toxins called beta amyloid protein, for example, that are associated with Alzheimer's disease. We need sleep for our sharp brains. We need sleep for our mood so we won't be irritable and people think that we've turned into like a different personality. (laughs) So we do need sleep and, you know, that's the basis of what I do. Sleep is health. And this is not something we need to remind people because we have all been sleep deprived at one point or another, situationally or whatnot. And you know how terrible you feel when you haven't slept well. (laughs) So sleep is so important. And I mean, that alone can be another podcast. But but just to dive into now, understanding that sleep is so important for all these amazing things. How can you promote sleep and the basics that that exist? I like to just look at it uh, in terms of mind, body, environment, all right? So just think of it. um, Have I prepared my mind today to sleep better? Have I prepared 
my body today to sleep better if i prepared my environment to sleep better and thinking of the mind we're going to dive right into that we will look at how actually uh sleep is controlled from the brain and the you, you know the sleep cycle so we do need that calm mind in general in order to sleep okay because the mind the brain is actually in charge of the sleep cycle and then for the body we need a relaxed body right so you want to make sure that you feel relaxed either you have any tensions from the day you have been sitting on the desk all day whatever it is just allow yourself to relax before going to bed and there are so many different things you can do again stretching taking a warm bath all those are effective and then you look at your environment now your environment is consisting of so many different things it could be your your bed environment and then your general house environment and that it can also be physical and psychological like uh, there are people around you know giving you a hard time and no psychologically supporting you emotional stuff sometimes i mean i i don't like to say this sometimes let's say if people are in abusive relationship for example that's a really bad environment to be in but environment is general and it, it's it's i just divide it in that psychological and physical environment so think about it have you prepared your environment there is also the environment to your body like have you gone outside and exposed yourself to the light because light is so important the mood and uh helping your body uh to uh, be able to actually kick start that sleep cycle later on so then that is the body the environment and then you you want to ensure that all these things all these things have been taken care of and this is just again a sneak peek of these things and but if you can ask yourself those questions i think it will be uh so much easier because you will realize also when you talk about the body it's also what we are feeding the body unhealthy foods and we will talk about this later but stress you out stress the body out and they don't contribute to the balance the body needs to actually sleep better so that's at the basic level really what we can uh, say for now but um again you're right this goes beyond it's not just about turning off your electronics at night but what else have you been doing during the day and i i was uh, once i was actually reading you know among all the research i do i ran into this beautiful quotation it said are you are you forgetting yourself in the dark <laughs> are you ignoring yourself in the dark something like that it's like we can't ignore ourselves in the dark we do have to actually be accountable just like anything else we need to actually um give ourselves that gift of sleep. Mhm. I love that gift of sleep. <laughs> It's such a wonderful gift that so many of us don't get enough of. Um no, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Um And so, I mean, it's on an intuitive level, we all know how stress can affect our sleep. Like if we go to bed and our mind is racing or we feel really stressed out and antsy or anxious or whatever the case may be, but you have so much of a deeper understanding than that. I'm wondering if you can just really break that down and explain to everybody how stress affects your body biologically and then how that relates to the quality of sleep you get. Yeah, so let's start off just by uh talking about what happens when the body is exposed to stress. 
So now stress can be anything that is um, kind of stressing out the body. So it could be psychological or it could be physical, like being hurt, trauma, you just fell on the ground. It could also be like a lion is in front of you. I'm afraid of squirrels, whatever it is, <laughs> something is in front of you. Like, and uh, it, it's activating that stress response because it's something that's uncomfortable or something that's deviating against your natural body balance. And when that happens, actually, we do have so many changes actually that happen to the body, you know, ranging from the changes on your endocrine system, your immune system. But there are two main systems that get activated. And then those systems, of course, are connected to other body systems. So one of the system that that gets activated is our nervous system so our nervous system is actually going to uh get activated and uh in in turn we're going to um have increase or um activation of specific hormones for example epinephrine and that hormone is basically i'll give an example for example let's say you are driving on a highway and it can be nerve-wracking, like someone is just trying to pass you, they're doing something really wrong, and you're just worried for your life and your beautiful car. <laughs> At that point, the nervous system is actually going to try and protect you. What does that mean? It means that the nervous system is actually to bring forward the resources and the power that you need to be able to deal with that situation. So the um, epinephrine is going to... Um, facilitate increase in heart rate and you start you're going to be a little bit sweaty you are going to also get this increased heart rate why because everything has to work that fast you you are working so fast to look quickly who is this person what's going to happen can i keep myself and my car safe it's all happening very fast and then the other system that gets activated is a little bit more complex. Uh, we call it this uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal gland uh, axis or HPA axis. And this system is basically uh, happening from the level of life, basically. I like to say the level of life because everything we do, the hypothalamus is involved in controlling pretty much everything. So... The hypothalamus is going to get the signal, oh, the body is in danger. And what's happening is the, it's, it's going to uh, um, organize all the resources from everywhere else to come to the rescue. So what the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is doing, it's actually going to, uh, hypothalamus is going to inform the pituitary gland, the pituitary gland is going to inform the adrenal gland, and along with that, we are getting the stress hormone produced, okay? And the stress hormone, we call it cortisol hormone. And the stress hormone, like I said earlier, it's not a bad guy. It's there to help us in these situations. So, even though the epinephrine was able to increase our heart rate and help us act really fast, that might not be enough yet because guess what? We also need the brain fuel to be able to act fast. So cortisol, the stress hormone, what it does is it's bringing a lot of um, uh, blood sugar into our uh, bloodstream and uh, the blood sugar is coming from already stored uh, sugar 
and it's being activated into active sugar for brain fuel now because we're in danger we have to act now <laughs> so that is very important for survival so you can see uh, how this system is very act, um, connected to so many different systems when we talk about blood sugar we also need to talk about the liver which is involved you know so uh, storing the glycogen or storing the, the the sugar we have to talk about the pancreas which is also involved in essentially going to be bringing the sugar back down because you might not use all the sugar that is that gets into the bloodstream there's the little bit left then the um the insulin is going to have to bring it back to the storage so there are all these systems involved of course the heart is involved because it's pumping so much blood it's pumping faster now so this is why stress management is not just a simple process. I think this is probably the simplest way I can explain it. I think it's more complex than I just explained it. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about being stressed, there are the, these like integrated body systems happening. And the essence of it is it's taking away resources from everything else that is important to you for your immune system for everything else that you're supposed to do in order to handle this stress so along with that there's also lots of hormonal changes involved right so you have your cortisol hormone being spiked up now one thing i want to impress upon you when we talk about hormones um is that the hypothalamus this uh uh, HPA axis, the uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is so important for hormonal or hormone balance. So now when the, this, this process, this system is constantly busy controlling uh, stress or trying to handle stress, you know what, what happens to other hormones? Who is controlling the other hormones? Because it's the same process. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, the same guy. <laughs> the hypothalamus is it, the same process um, that, uh, that deals with other hormonal uh, pathways as well. So it's almost like having a boss who is always working to support this struggling team. I don't know if it's a software division. They're always having meetings with <laughs> And everybody else is waiting for the boss. You know, you need to sign off. All those things that only the boss does. You need the boss's signature. <laughs> you need approval mm -hmm. for your budget. All these little things nobody's doing. And then you realize the other organization departments are also fall, falling apart because the boss is literally not there. So it's the same thing with this stress system management when the stress is going on for a long time. So now this shows you how uh, constant stress actually impacts not just sleep, it, it impacts everything else. It, it is uh, destabilizing or acting against this um, natural balance that we're supposed to have because the essence of life we're supposed to have hormones, neurotransmitters, blood systems, all working together in harmony with our circadian rhythm. Now, when we have this constant stress, everything is disrupted. Everything is all over the place. You're not only going to have trouble sleeping, 
you're going to have a lot of anxiety. You're not going to feel well. And this is why, uh, you know, signs of stress can have such a wide range from headache to just feeling weird, you know, having stomach upset to crying. <laughs> So, so this is how um, really uh, stress impacts uh, sleep. At a hormonal level, it will it will destabilize uh, your body, and then it will affect your your body's ability to support your circadian rhythm. It will negatively impact your melatonin levels because every time there is increased in cortisol levels, there's an automatic uh, decrease in melatonin levels so therefore you need your melatonin to initiate sleep however your cortisol levels are taking over and at a general level the boss is not there to help you with the sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> the boss of sleeping this case continuing on with that example so you have the these systems within uh disorganized in a way that you will feel unwell and unable to sleep. So that's uh, the simplest way to explain it, really. Um, Did it make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy. It's fantastic. (laughs) The boss is busy with the struggling team. And it's just a breakdown from there, too. You know, you look at, you know, any bottleneck in a business or, you know, whatever, same kind of example that, inefficiency in the system causes a breakdown throughout the entire organization of the system all the way down through the rest of the processes. You know, if the cortisol is really high, then, you know, the inflammation is going to be sidetracking the immune system. So now you're more prone to infections through the back door. You know, you get a cut, it takes longer to heal because you don't Mm -hmm. have the resources. And then your brain is going, oh my God, I don't have the resources. We should probably tell the thyroid hormones to downregulate so that way our basal metabolic rate isn't burning up all our stored fuel just in case there's a famine out there. We don't know what's going on. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you go out from the bird's eye view and it's just somebody sitting in traffic that didn't get a good night's sleep that's staring at a computer scene screen and not getting enough sunlight and the brain's like all out war, you know, and every <laughs> system down the, the train from there gets messed up just because of the miscommunication yeah and you hit the nail on the head when you when you say um you know everything like this dysregulation and uh i want to pick up on where you were talking about like the body trying to adapt like the, you know there are all these signals being sent back like hey 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 take it easy Mm-hmm. Hey, adrenal gland, take it easy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we can't support this much blood sugar in the bloodstream. Now, this is where we talk about our own kind of like human power that we have to be able to adapt to to things that happen to us. Now, when the stress comes again, like I said earlier, it's okay once in a while to have a little bit of stress here and there. It's part of life. It's when we have this constant exposure to stress Mm -hmm. and this constant need or constant request from for the body to react all these systems reacting all the time that we get to the point where the body has adapted but then the body is 
getting to the point where it's no longer able to adapt. And you start to see all these red flags, all right? And um, that place where the body is so exhausted, it's very dangerous, right? Because then things start to actually fall apart. This is where potentially, um, this is why research has, has actually uh, implicated stress in cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, right? Imagine if you were constantly having increased blood, blood sugar in your bloodstream. That's a lot. It's, uh, it's too much on your uh, pancreas to constantly have that much uh, insulin. And plus, having blood sugar in the bloodstream is not actually healthy for the for the actual blood vessels. All right, and that is also going to increase blood pressure because you have this blood pressure flowing through normally, and then you are putting in all these other uh, things in there, all these. Um, uh, blood sugar molecules. So at the end of the day, the solution is to manage the stress. So looking into our lives, like what are some of the stresses that we can take away? Um, and is it a stressor that you can take away or that you can at least find some ways to cope with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what you just said about how dangerous it is to be in that place of chronic stress at your, you know, at your breaking point, um, lack of sleep, you know, chronically lacking sleep, uh, you know, for the for the people I work with, uh, you know, mostly moms, especially busy, you know, busy moms with young children. That's pretty. That's most of who I work with. That's our lives, you know, um, it's like, you know, you can't just be like, you know what, I haven't been sleeping well and I need to de-stress. So I'm sorry, infant, you're just going to have to not feed throughout the night so that I can get a solid 10 out. Like that doesn't work. And so, you yeah. know, you know, when you're in those situa situations that life throws at you, I think obviously it's important to look at it and think, okay, how much of this am I putting on myself you know, am I just, how much of this is me trying to meet other people's expectations or me being a perfectionist exactly. and how much of it is stuff that I can't control. But then when you have the stuff where it's like, okay, I've, I've done my homework and eliminated the stuff that's not necessary. And, but I still do have this cluster feeding infant who likes to be up all night and I have a full-time nine to five. I, I'm curious to know what are those advanced strategies to get someone through those times, which can last a few years. Yeah. And you know what? I want to say shout out to all the moms out there. The struggle is real. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as a nurse who also have worked with <laughs> new mm -hmm. moms, it's just you're learning everything. Yeah. Everything is brand new. You are learning. There is just, it's so busy and emotionally as well. It's, it's all challenging. And at the end of the day, it all starts by understanding your role, your role in this whole, in this whole process. Because at the end of the day, as a mom, you are actually at the center of everything. If you ever corrupt, everything else is going to corrupt, all right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, who's going to do the work? Like, mm -hmm. the family <laughs> the family is falling apart. That's how I see even my family. Like, when I look at my mom, I'm like, mom, take care of yourself. Like, what are we going to do without you? Like, she's <laughs> not, just, not just doing chores, but emotionally, 
you, you, are, you have a big role to play. And now, after that, then you really have to bring up this accountability. And I think there's so much pressure that comes with uh, being a mom. It's already, I think, by the, ens- the essence of just, you know, giving birth and going through that process, the body is already under stress. Your, 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 your stress systems are already activated. Actually, after giving birth, you're supposed to have this moment of distressing and bringing everything back together. But unfortunately, that's when it's, the system is heated up even more with all these other responsibilities. So I think it starts with that kind of awareness to know that like, you cannot get away with it really. Like, cause if you, you can combine this much stress that your body just went through for nine months and then you are coming in with all this stuff, the responsibilities and figuring, you know, figuring out how to do everything and thinking I have no choice, but I have to do all these things and stretching yourself thin. When you think about it, like you know, it's it's raising my heart to even think about this. It's very, <laughs> yeah. So just yeah, trying to slow down and giving yourself permission to just slow down, taking it that ownership to say, "I'm going to slow down." And the next thing is to look at yourself holistically. You're not just the mother who is feeding every hour. You have so many different other things that you're interested in. Think about your, your life holistically. What are other things that make you happy? What did you, you know, when you look back and say, oh, I used to do this before I had the baby. It's like, well, it's understandable. But like, how can you continue to sustain the person that you are? You don't want to say the person I was because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the person you are too now. Except you're bringing in this joy of, of a baby to enjoy with. So that's the statement that you have to make and create those health boundaries with everybody around you and let them know, look, I've got to have my 15 minutes walk. I've got to do my massage. I've got to actually go for this thing. So, and I also uh, want to encourage you to think that we don't, we shouldn't anyway, we shouldn't deal with stress after it has happened. We should address stress when it's happening. You know, it's when, when you're right, you are actually realizing that you are stressed out, that you should do something about it. Often we say, well, I'm gonna, oh, I'm looking forward to the weekend, you know, to do something relaxing. And that's actually the mistake that we're making uh, because your system is crying, is crying out for help now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, help me, help me. Like, <laughs> so it all starts again by, really embracing the person you are and all the things that like for example i like to dance and this might sound like you wake up you just dance or you, you know i'm working on a big project in the middle of it i'm just going for a run i'm recently just going for a run that's it mm-hmm. so that's the person that i am and those are things that distress me and i don't compromise it by allowing other things to come in and there's temptations every single minute of my life mm-hmm. so to really commit to that distressing management because because I think when we think about sometimes stress, the way that or with you stress, it may sound like therapy. Now, this this example might not be a little bit to so many people because sometimes therapy is more like I will I will talk something out 
when it has really stressed me out. But sometimes talking things out is always beneficial. Maybe it's not a good analogy for most people if mm-hmm. you if 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 that's not something that you vibe with. But if we can already see that stress management is something that we should always do anyway. Because mm-hmm. even when we're not experiencing those like high alarm, you know, red flags when our our uh, system uh, is is crying out for help, there is a chance that the stress system is actually working hard. Because guess what? There are so many different sources of stress. It's not just when you talk to like, I was going to say the cut down the road. There's this cut down the road. Like <laughs> it looks at me like people get stressed out by so many different things. Mm-hmm. It's not when you, you watch, um, a very upsetting video. It's not when you stress could be happening at a biological level, just by the body sorting out things. There could be some, like John was talking about inflammation earlier. Mm-hmm. So, for example, things that cause inflammation. The the stress system is involved in that as well because the inflammation is also um, activating your stress system. So just because we're not experiencing like this high-level um, uh, signs and symptoms of stress, it doesn't mean that the stress system is not working. Now, when we know that, then we can take so much or we can take uh, this proactive um, step to come up with all day long stress management stuff. That's the preventative side of things. If we can be preventative now to be preventative as a mom, it's hard, but if you make it your mission, it will be possible. It's all about figuring out how can I make my day less stressful today? Mm -hmm. It's one step at a time. You don't have to be perfect. But you just start off by that question. Maybe today it's all about telling your husband, honey, you're going to take care of the, of the baby because I have this appointment and I'm going to be away for 45 minutes. I mean, the world is not going to come to an end if you live for 45 minutes. But guess what? That amount of time soothing your soothing your stress system (laughs) this is exactly what we're talking about anyway (laughs) but uh i was saying that amount of time away soothing your stress system is going to make a big impact just giving yourself the permission to slow down and yes i'm not oblivious to the fact that it's hard but you do have to make an effort Choose, I would say, choose at least one to two activities to distress per day. You know, and choose the things that are very, like, personal, like signature, stress management signature for you. You know, carrying a journal is very important, especially if it's more like, you know, psychological stress. People are bothering you, and you're just preventing yourself from, one, exploding in front of people because there's so much thoughts going on. Secondly, mm-hmm. you are also preventing um, those thoughts to suddenly come up when you're about to go to bed. You know, there's a quote that says along the lines of, my bedroom is the place I suddenly remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, try to... I like to say stress comes in, comes in, right? 
comes in or it's in inside biologically it has to come out somehow how how will it come out so figure out a way journaling is a way to you know empty out those thoughts throughout the day going mm-hmm. out for a walk doing mm-hmm. things that help you exercising is 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 uh, another way but again you don't have to think that you have to do these things in perfection so that's what i w- i would say to like a mother in such a situation to also remember that like the health is your own resource is your own resource because you are you deserve it so much more than anybody else as well like you've just brought this beautiful life into the universe and you want to keep yourself healthy so you can have more fulfilling experiences with them and stress is going to hinder that so managing it and making sure that you have a beautiful night's sleep when you think of sleep like that as as this um means for you to get what you want mm-hmm. you will change everything cuz i see sleep as a means and i like to challenge people to think before you go to bed think about how you want to feel like when you wake up in the morning now you, you know you start projecting i want to be happy i want to feel beautiful and all these things then you realize oh but in order to achieve that you really do have to go to bed and have a beautiful night's sleep it's like and then on you go you prepare your mind your body and your environment <laughs> Absolutely. It was just so funny because as soon as you started talking about um all the stresses with moms and how you can't always do everything, my son just went by and <laughs> tripped over the cord to the lamp I was using for lighting and this glass lamp just came down to the floor along with a plate of strawberries which he asked me to cut as soon as the episode started of course so i was sitting here trying not Aww. to be seen cutting strawberries so that plate of strawberries just fell all over the floor and thankfully the lamp didn't shatter um, <laughs> but that's just <laughs> that moment there is just such a um like typical it's a reality moment. i mean now you know you breathe in <laughs> you breathe out such is life mm-hmm. yes Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I hear you there and you know you're I love that. You know how do you prepare your mind? How do you prepare your body? How do you prepare your environment? Um and you know taking those steps for yourself when you can. And then, you know, once you've done that, what are the you know what are the other Okay, so let's say you are taking as you know some time to yourself each day. You're meditating, you're exercising, you eliminated the unimportant stuff but maybe you still need two jobs um you know which means that you can only get 5 hours of sleep a night or maybe you're still you know working that full-time job and being woken up twice in the middle of the night for feedings or um you know whatever the case may be so then what are some of the other strategies you can use to protect your body and protect your mind when it's not when you can't create those ideal conditions for sleep. Hmm, that's a really tough one. I mean, ideally the best the best way to rest is definitely to sleep. Are you asking of ways to cope with sleep deprivation? They say the person didn't actually get a good night's sleep, but then they realize okay, well, <laughs> it didn't have and now what? Yeah, coping with sleep deprivation and also um 
you know, like improving the quality when you do have it, you know, you touched on that a bit already, but so let's say somebody, you know, can only get, you know, I have, um, you know, a mom I work with who can only get three hours of sleep a night and that's it just based on her schedule she's done everything she can and that's that's it that's she gets three to four hours of sleep a night you know how do you maximize that three to four hours and then how do you deal with the sleep deprivation um and the effects on your body how do you help to manage that stress yeah that's an important question for many people out there and when you think about uh, sleeping we do uh, spend a lot of, of our lives sleeping mm-hmm. and again for good reasons so for some people the challenges for sleep could be time and for other people the challenge for sleep could just be that uh, the body is just not being able to sleep so it sounds like in that particular example this person is just kind of short for time mm-hmm is that correct? Oh yeah, and this is um pretty typical <laughs> with a lot of the people I work with. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, how do you maximize those three hours? Now, when we talk about sleep, like we let's just break it down a little bit because sleep is essentially like changing brain waves, right? So, for us to just be able to relax, and the brain is not passive or. Uh, no, uh, working. It's actually working to control the circadian rhythm and the sleep cycles. All right. So there is so much happening, and it's all organized. You know, back in 1950s, the scientists got together. They were like, "What is this sleep thing?" And they found out that <laughs> it's actually like these cycles. Okay, of like 90 to 120 minutes. And then in each cycle, there are five stages, all right? All these stages are important for rejuvenation. So we have stage one, stage two, stage three, four, and five. And the five one, fifth one uh, being the REM sleep, the rapid eye movement sleep, which is kind of creepy, but it's where we roll, our eye, eyes are moving, and our... <laughs> Our body is moving, like our body is having certain movements and the brain is actually quite active. Um, and this is where the dreaming tends to occur. And there's so much happening to, again, to clean out all the toxins that have accumulated during the day. Interestingly, like toxins develop just by being. Like, so there are metabolites that are by products of different biological processes those toxins have to go out and there's um <clears throat> my fellow super expert christine hansen she she gave this example like when you have a party you don't just clean up when the people are still there your guests you let the guests go and then you are going to clean up later all right mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. some people clean and toast but it's not effective anyway even if you do it um, and then at night, you have our the cerebrospinal fluid is working 10 times faster and it's going in between the brain cells. Also, there's this other adaptation that happens where the brain cells are actually shrinking to allow this movement of the cerebrospinal fluid to clean out all these, all these toxins. It's almost like some people have called it like a... a, a a garbage system for a brain or <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. cleaning system for a brain. It, it's so important. So these things, I'm trying to impress upon you that 
the process, there are specific things that have to happen. Now, when you're short for time, it just means that you're not going to get as much benefit, right? Because if you think of cycles of 90 minutes on average, so the longer you sleep, the more cycles you can have, and then the more rejuvenation you can have as well in these little different stages and the REM sleep is very important for your emotional rejuvenation and also cognitive function it gets longer and longer the longer you stay asleep so you can already see that the less you sleep basically the higher chances of research puts it clear like (laughs) the less you sleep the more suffering and the sooner you die now That is the fact, and it's kind of depressing to say that someone who <laughs> wants to know how they can maximize three hours uh-huh. of sleep and be healthy and happy, but that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you cannot adjust your lifestyle at all to increase your time and respect your sleep, then I would say, well, then. I don't know what to say, but then when you sleep those three hours, at least make sure that you are actually sleeping for three hours because mm-hmm. sometimes people go to bed. You can go to bed. Say, you say, um, okay, I come from work and then I go to bed at 11. I wake up 11, 12, 1, 2, and then I have sub three hours. Well, maybe not. So if you think you're going to sleep for three hours and that's all you have, if, if I were, if I were in that situation, you know what I would do? I would really make sure that I have actually slept for three hours. And this is also what I, I advise for, say, you know, the, the new mothers where there's mm-hmm. just so much sleep deprivation where you don't know what to sleep, everything's up and down. I advise at least try to have like consecutive amount of sleep. So like don't sleep one hour here, there. Just try to say, you know what, I need four hours blocked. Even if it's like three, by blocking, instead of like uh, sleeping in these like uh, episodic sleeps, again, you're not supporting the actual natural sleep process. You have all these stages that have to happen. And so you may end up, depending, um, you may just stay in one stage. You may never get to other stages that are important for rejuvenation. And we have, of course, uh, stage three and four. That's where all the deep sleep happens and you're having your muscle uh, building and tissue repair and just repairing your body in general. So it, it's, it's a tough world we live in. On one hand, we have to really try as much as we can to support ourselves and invest in our health. When that is a challenge, and I'm also aware of all these other issues like social determinants of health, you know, the social context of health where people try so hard, but unfortunately, you know, there's this contextualized situation where it's so hard, it's almost like it's hard to get out of it. But you can just do as much as you can, given the information that you know, try to maximize sleep. Now, I, I have answered this question assuming like, this person only has three hours to sleep. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if, if um, I, and I'm hoping that this would be like a situational situation or it would be situational <laughs> uh, where it would happen maybe on a Friday, but then, maybe somehow on the weekend or Monday, Tuesday, you are able to sleep longer. Hopefully this is not like always three hours because that's extremely dangerous because mm-hmm. research is showing actually that there is a scientific or objective impairment to the body 
at a cardiovascular and metabolic level and also cognitive level when people are sleeping less than six hours. So when we now to three, that's even worse, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say um, also try to to take naps during the day. If if you have slept through uh, like three hours, you will see that uh, you probably uh, and naturally you might want you might find that you have the need to sleep during the day. Um, and when that happens, try to take advantage of that to knock off uh, some of those, you know, chemical in the brain that develop. Usually we have this chemical called adenosine, mm-hmm. which it kind of builds up as we, we go throughout the day. And then it's going to signal the body that we need to sleep. Now, if you don't sleep, you probably have a lot of adenosine lingering around in your brain and makes you tired. And so you could um, have a short nap and at least rejuvenate your brain for your specific function uh, at that time. And research shows that it takes about 20 minutes for your kind of brain, for your brain reshuffling. Like you think of a, like reshuffle, let's restart, like a computer. You restart mm-hmm. a computer. It's the same thing. Like when you are really overwhelmed and you just take that quick 20 minutes nap. Mm-hmm. But um, another side of this question, I think you might ask this later on. I have a feeling you will ask me. Uh, the other side of this question is the use of caffeine because I just talked about how this adenosine is important for signaling the, the body to sleep. And when we don't sleep well, then adenosine is accumulating a lot. And this is how people wake up maybe within two to three hours they feel like going back to bed. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you just woke up, right? Because you still have that. In addition to being tired and the body didn't re- did not rejuvenate, there's also this buildup build up of uh, genosine in the brain. Now, when people take caffeine, caffeine basically is similar, I, I, you know, in chemical structure. It mimics kind of the way that adenosine looks. So what uh, caffeine is going to do, it's going to actually offend the adenosine and it will go and steal adenosine receptors in the brain. So it will go on, it will attach itself to all these adenosine receptors and it's going to um, to fool the brain that it's not tired anymore because there's, the adenosine is there, but it's not attached. So the brain thinks, oh, wait a minute, like, we are not tired. Instead, instead the brain gets confused and it starts actually, like, being so hyperactive, like, oh, no, we're not tired. And then this is you, you just get all excited <laughs> and you have increased heart rate. And, but it's not like you're not really getting renewed energy from caffeine. And this is why after the caffeine wears off, you go back to the to the mm-hmm. dark side. I don't know why I call it the dark side now. The crash, the crash. <laughs> oh man, yes. <laughs> so, so I want. I also want to point out that uh, coping by caffeine might not be a sustainable solution because mm-hmm. it will always put you back to the crashing state. And plus, caffeine is also another way to activate your stress system. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Again, the body is just like, oh, oh, we have this uh, simulation going on. What's happening? There is nothing happening. You know, 
you're not you're not driving in the, <laughs> in on the highway you know those examples are giving there's no lion hopefully anyway <laughs> but it's it's the, the brand thinks that there's actually something stressful happening it's you know you are still getting your stress system activated and therefore those um uh effects of caffeine you see you just feel so <sighs> hyper right mhm so yes um enjoying coffee is great like personally i don't drink coffee and actually not not for any specific reason but i just never really acquainted with coffee with caffeine ever since i i came to canada cuz back back in my country i never had uh, used to drink lots of caffeine so i never really acquainted with coffee specifically but i do take probably caffeine in all these hidden other places there's caffeine in different drinks you know teas and all that but uh, that concentrated amount of caffeine that people take intentionally yeah you can enjoy those things but just be aware and also try not to take it like, at least 6 to 8 hours uh before you sleep because uh caffeine is also going to um impact your sleep so mm-hmm. i know this answer is not probably what people were hoping for but i would personally encourage try to add in more can, what can you trade for sleep can we trade because i think mm-hmm. in life it's always about compromising what's more important priorities is there something we can knock off so we can add in more sleep and that gift of sleep and all those amazing benefits think about mm-hmm. it <laughs> no i hear you it's um it's that it's that balance you know um what am i putting on myself versus what's the world putting on me and you definitely can't you know you can't say you're stuck until you've already eliminated all of the ways that you're making your own life difficult and sometimes it's hard to identify those for sure ultimately too you got to understand it's just like any other process you know like if you were to come cuz the example is short-sighted in the sense that i think people get overfixated on the the new information when human beings have physiologically been around for hundreds of thousands of years and there's things that we respond well to and things we don't respond well to and we know those things and so it's i i i heard a really good quote recently i can't remember exactly but it was we used to think that the problem with society was our lack of access to information right well if only more people had well that's not it we know that now age mm-hmm. of information is definitely not the cure to general population overall stupidity right so it has to go back to the basics is you have to sit down and evaluate your life you know and go okay well if it's not a time thing because time is constant and everybody has the same amount then it's a priorities thing like Josh was saying so at the end of the day you know there are options no matter who you are what you can do you can quit your job right now you can go google a work trade and start working for a local business or a farm get your rent covered get your food covered you know like obviously very extrapolated example but there are things you can do whether it's just a small little switch or not and it's i think it's just so important to 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 really emphasize the fact that there's the basics work and they've worked for hundreds of thousands of years and it's you know like what how can you go against that and i think the easiest way to to use as an example is it's a bank account 
it, people are weird about money, right? They're so hyper fixated on money. Most people can tell you right now how much money they have in their bank account. But if you look at stress as a factor of currency, and you think about recovery being a deposit into your bank account wow. and doing good activities, and you do withdrawals for activities that require stress, like people know what their bank account is. What's well, really obvious, if you're going to sleep, you're putting money in the bank. And if you're going to, you know, you do stressful stuff, it's, you know, if you're running from a tiger, it's going to take currency, it's going to take energy, it's going to take resources out of the bank, you're withdrawing. So it's like, if you put in $3 a day and you're taking out $10 a day, you're going to go bankrupt. Like it's math. It's really a simple in versus out equation. You're eating 400 calories a day. Guess what? You're probably going to lose weight and feel very weak and ill after a short amount of time. You're getting four hours of sleep a night. It's going to catch up to you. It's a bank account. So eventually you're going to go in the negative and you're going to go bankrupt. And that bankruptcy is when the body shuts down. That's that like acute, you know, recognition of something, you know, like, oh, oh, I went bankrupt today. But okay. every choice you made for the last 10 years, pulling the money out of your bank account and not putting any back in is why you're bankrupt. You're not bankrupt because of the decision you made today. You're bankrupt because of the decisions you've been making every day for the last 10 years, avoiding the basics of the little things, you know, like a great research study I saw was six deep breaths is all it takes for your sympathetic nervous system to downregulate and your parasympathetic nervous system to come back online. Six breaths. I don't have time to breathe. Come on. <laughs> like that's obnoxious, you know? So little things like that of deep belly breathing. We know diaphragmatic breathing. You can do that while you're in the car, you know? And I think too, like a big part of the whole thing going back to where you started, Jocelyn, which is an emphasis in everything that I teach when it comes to the five pillars and sleep being one of those five pillars is awareness. A mindfulness is the key cornerstone of them all because you have to be mindful of what things you're doing that are putting money in or taking money out of the bank all day long. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, your unconscious autonomic nervous system is going to react like there's a tiger, but you have a conscious override that's the beauty of being a human organism. You can stop. And I do this. I got this practice from a friend. He's a spiritual teacher as well. And um, I just thought it was a beautiful piece of advice specifically for this period in time when people are going through these stressful issues and looking for ways to, to um, optimize their stress bank account, right? And it's just conscious. It's a matter of someone cuts you off in traffic and you go, fuck. Wait, John, are you in danger right now? No. No. <laughs> exactly. Chill out. Take a breath. Oh, back to parasympathetic. Okay, I didn't back. just take a five hundred dollar loan out of my bank account. Now I'm good. Like I'm put it in savings. Okay. We're you know, and those little things that you can do is like just constantly being aware of where your state of mind is, where your thoughts are. And like um, you know, what what your your diet isn't just the food you're putting in your body. It's the people that you're hanging out with. It's the environment that you're interacting with. It's the food that you're eating, the sleep that you're getting, the thoughts that you're thinking. So I heard a really good quote the other day, junk food equals junk thoughts. And when you were talking, oh, it's made me think of the same thing. Junk food equals junk sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's yeah. It all goes back to the bank account is, you know, yeah. you're ultimately responsible for your bank account. And, you know, regardless of the, 
the resources that you have access to, it's still an in versus out equation at the end of the day. Even if you're putting mm-hmm. pennies in, you're mm-hmm. still putting pennies in and not taking pennies out. And then you get, you know, the idea of like what you were saying about caffeine or supplements in general. It's like a credit card. You know, you think <laughs> you've got that money, but it's not actually your money. You're still taking it yeah. out at the end of the day and you have to replace that. And it's just, you know, in versus out. And it's the simple stuff of like, well, what's the quick yeah. fix, you know? And I love this principle one times a hundred. There's a hundred variables. Each one matters 1%. You have to do all 100 to get an optimal score. How many can you do in a day? And that's your awareness of going through. And you're not, some people, are, they're only going to be able to get three hours of sleep. It's like, all right, well, then when you're in the car, you're doing five minutes of deep belly breathing. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got your blue light blockers on all evening. That's 4% extra. You know, you're putting back in the tank. There is no one thing like, there you go. You figured it out. Like, it's mm-hmm. like you said, Jocelyn, you're going to be tempted all day long with choices that you can make that are either putting in money or putting, taking money out of your bank account, resources in and out. And it's mm-hmm. just the little things, all of them. There's a hundred of them to think about. And so that's the game. If you can't do all a hundred today, do one for a hundred days, one times a hundred, hundred percent. You know, once mm-hmm. you master one, then you can add another onto the layers as you go. But you know, it's, it's, you know, the little things that add up in the bank account that make the biggest difference. And no matter where you're starting, cause I've had clients, the example, comes back around to, you know, the idea of only, you know, a special circumstance, same thing with training a client. If somebody comes in, I have clients like this, like, Hey, I have cancer. Well, that doesn't mean we're still not going to do the exact same basics I would do with every other person because we're looking at variables that affect resources. Mm -hmm. And again, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, these things work, these things don't work, do more of these things and less of those things. And it's like an example I always use with people is, draw a line down the middle of a paper on the left side. It's, you know, stop the bleeding and on the right side, patch the wound. What's the stuff that's taking money out of your bank account? And what are things that you can do that can put money into your bank account? And then take a hard, long look at yourself and go, okay, all this stuff over here on the left, I don't need to be looking at Instagram for 78 minutes a day. What am I doing on there? You know, like (laughs) all these things like, Oh, I've got more time than I think I do, but I'm not being aware of that time and mindful of how I apply and integrate these little strategies into my day that give me those pennies. You put in three pennies an hour every hour, by the end of the day, you know, like these little 1% add up dramatically, no matter who you are. And so it's just a matter of how many of them can you integrate into your daily life. And then, and, you know, understand the application of those different tools. Like, Oh, okay, well, I'm going to be traveling. So I'm definitely not going to be getting enough sleep. I'm not going to be in my right environment. So music, uh, you know, like whatever is like have a playlist of music ready to go. You know, and again, there's a hundred variables and there's a hundred different styles that people like. Some people are going to like strawberry ice cream. Some people are going to like chocolate ice cream. So it's, you know, find out which ones work for you. But it's all these basic ones, you know, there's, I, I don't feel like there's any new technology you know, that is necessarily like, you know, something that is, you know, the, the one shoe, one size fits all, you know, for everybody. I think one thing would be interesting. I'd, I'd like to hear your feedback on this, Jocelyn, just as uh, my last closing thoughts on the subject is, you know, now that we know in versus out in the bank account, how can we get very 
precise and objective in the analysis of these different variables. So how much does doing some foam rolling before you go to a bed actually improve your sleep? Can we measure that? And the main device that I'm referencing is the Aura Ring, if you're familiar with that. Mm. It's basically like the ring that you put on. I'm sure you can talk about it a little more too. For anybody that's listening, you can just Google Aura Ring. It's really popular right now in the health and fitness biohacking yeah. circle. Yeah. And it, it measures a ton of variables, right? It gives you a lot of that feedback. So you can see I did X and slept better. I did Y and didn't sleep better. And you just keep kind of refining that process. That's actually a really uh, closing thought. And I wanted to appreciate all the ideas that came up, like being mindful. It's all about really recognizing our stresses and also knowing some of the things that stress us that we might not even have considered, right? So it's so important because at the end of the day, we want to be able to take away the stressor, right? Because if we don't take away the stressor, then the stress system will constantly be activated and we'll, we'll be in trouble. We are losing resources. We are getting in deficit with our bank account. So, um, you know, I, so I really want to encourage everybody to look into their lives and, and think, what are some of the stresses in my life right now mm -hmm. that I'm aware of? Okay. And, um, I want to quickly also mention some of the stresses that maybe people might not be aware of things like over exercising. I know that exercising is great, but if you're not exercising at a, at your fitness level, that is also going to suck a lot of cortisol and, and balance your stress system. Because again, when we are, when I'm going for a run, I want that cortisol levels to give me a kick and give me some fuel to use for my brain to run as fast as I can and enjoy it. But I, you know, I want to also be able to allow that cortisol rhythm to come back the normal cortisol rhythm. So, you know, exercising is in different forms. Again, exercising uh, beyond your capabilities or exercising too much. You probably know more about this, but just in general, over-exercising might also be uh, putting you under stress. Um, and other things also, is, the other side is like not exercising, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like your body is actually not um able to process everything and it, it's just really stressed out it's like oh that system is not working really well like what's happening we are in danger so it's all about finding a balance and other uh, things you want to consider is uh, electromagnetic frequencies now we're surrounded by all these tech stuff but I want to encourage you to stay away from these lights. Like, you know, you think back in the day, you know, before the uh, introduction of the electric bulb, how peaceful life was, right? People just woke up by daylight, they did their work, and then during the evening, they settled down, had this beautiful winding down routine, and they just started by the fire, something like that. Um, but now we are constantly surrounded by not just like these electronics, they're making noise. They are having all these electromagnetic frequencies that are not good for our health. Personally, I don't bring my phone in my bedroom. I usually just put it right outside. I will hear the alarm. You know, the best is actually to have electri uh, um, like a battery, battery uh, usable, like old school alarm <laughs> where you just, you can 
uh, use that. So it's so important. And also being mindful of all the chemicals that you are using. When we talk about foods, we talk about all these other like extra chemicals that we may be acquiring through food coloring. You know, when you look at it, like a really good meal, it looks amazing. I don't know what they put in there. So these are all stresses that we really have to consider. And also we have um, our gut health to really, really take care of because if there's any imbalances in our microbiome levels, it's going to cause inflammation. And this is like a big thing now. Uh, research is showing that our gut is our second bread. We have so much going in our gut, including mm -hmm. the production of serotonin. The immune system lives in the gut. So it's so important to uh, maintain our gut health. How do we do that? Eating normal food. I mean, John is, I feel like I shouldn't be speaking. John should be speaking, you know. Jeff, right? Just <laughs> eat real food. <laughs> but I didn't mean to delay because I will get to the question that John asked, but I wanted to comment on this, right? Because some people, they, they don't know. Um, they, it's important to know all these things that we, didn't, we don't see normally as stressors. But they are stressors, right? Um, heavy metals, depending on where you're getting your water from. I mean, where I live, tap water is fine. In other places, you may want to filter it, okay? And then all these chemicals for women, like we just, all these things that we're buying to put on our skin, we need to see exactly what are the ingredients. Are those, what are those chemicals? What are they going to do? They might be actually interfering with our stress system. Now, on that note as well, um, I really also wanted to quickly talk about like recognizing stress. Because again, stress will present differently for different people. Mm -hmm. Depending on where people are in that adaptation phase, how, you know, is the body fighting? What resources do they have, right? How much mm -hmm. do they have in their bank, bank account? You know, for healthy individuals, their stress management is going to look different for their system. Their system might not have to work extremely hard. Therefore, they might not see so much signs. They might not feel as terrible as someone who has way less resources or whose stress system has been so bombarded by so, uh, for so long. So now, importantly, it's important to just be honest with yourself <laughs> because even in the healthcare system, not, you know, your doctor or your healthcare provider is not going to say, you look stressed. Like these are things that you really have to be honest with yourself and say, look, I haven't been really well and I feel unwell. All these things, sometimes we can't even give it a sign. We can't even say what it is exactly. You know, that's when you look at the spectrum of life or of, of uh, I would say of healing. There is like being sick or being healthy or being sick. But then in between there, there's this, episode called functional where you're just kind of going by because the body is working so hard it's that that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is working hard mm -hmm. to try and keep you functional keep you like you look like you are normal but like everything is falling apart inside and soon things are gonna get worse and you're gonna get sick mm -hmm. so it's really important to be mindful and just be honest with yourself. Um, and of course, symptoms will vary. Some people get fatigued. Some people have extra cravings. 
you know, when you have so much cortisol levels in, in your system, mm-hmm. you are craving this junk and healthy foods. Mm-hmm. This is what sleep deprivation does as well. In addition to all these like um, imbalances in hormones, right? So with this, I think there's so much power, like John said, for us to be more accountable and more compassionate to ourselves. Our health is not something that will happen naturally because we're human beings and it's natural to be on earth and therefore somehow we'll just be okay and we'll be healthy. But there is so much accountability and power in the sense that we can actually do something about it. Now, I will move on and answer the question that John asked uh, around how much can we measure with all these little strategies that are out there and um, so many different modalities nowadays. And specifically, we are talking about, you know, these all of these biohacks and specifically electronic devices or like those um, apps for measuring sleep and performance, specifically Aura Ring. Now, when we are talking about sleep, there is, of course, the assessment piece, right? Where you can give yourself feedback, right? I ate spiced food before going to bed within an hour. It was really warm for me because there is increased core temperature. It's really hard for the body to reach that neutral, thermoneutral temperature to sleep peacefully. You can say things like that. So you didn't sleep well. So tomorrow you're probably going to eat less, um, maybe earlier. Self-feedback is important. However, when we look at it in terms of outcome and causality, um, tracking your sleep is not going to like change your sleep. It has nothing. You are just getting information. It's all about what you're doing with that information on one hand. On the other hand, research is actually concerned around accuracy, around all these applications. So far, there's concerns around either exaggerating or undermining certain information. Mm-hmm. So, and there's also another research showing way more increased anxiety and uh, further trouble sleeping because of the reaction people get. It's like you have your uh, monitoring device about your sleep, and then it shows that you slept four hours. And then your husband, your husband's or your partner's shows they slept eight hours. Just like, dude, like I was sleeping right here and you got this. It's creating a lot of anxiety for, for people. And I think it's also taking people away from that holistic approach to actually focus on themselves. Even in healthcare, we never treat machines. You know, if I have a patient and the machine is beeping, I'm not going to look at the machine. I will ask the patient, how are you feeling? You know? mm-hmm. Now, when you, you know, I would advise people, like personally, I think that uh, all these um, uh, sleep monitoring devices are not really producing positive results in a way uh, in that there is possibility that they will be useful in the future only if they are very accurate. Because even when you look at most of them and where how they are uh, produced, usually we need to do like a clinical trial and um, confirm accuracy. You know, the population samples are usually smaller and only look at healthy individuals. So how is that going to work? So the uh, uh, variability is missing because it has worked for the few volunteers who participated in the initial evaluation. But now everybody's looking at it as it will work for me. It will be accurate for me. 
but that's not what it's designed to do. And even if it was accurate, we would also look at it as more of a, an additional thing to use because all the information that it can give you, you still need a lot of other missing pieces, all right? There are so many things that impact your sleep. There's the body, mind, and environment. But in, when we go deeper into that, we also look at other things like how we take care of our gut health, why we are actually feeding our body, okay? Uh, we're looking at how we are taking care of our hypothalamic pituitary adrenal gland, which is impacting uh, other systems like our thyroid. How are we taking care of our systems? Okay, and then we look at how are we actually managing our hormones and balancing everything. Is there a sleep app that is going to give you all that information? No. If the answer is no, then I'm not convinced that it's going to be it's going to actually be uh, a holistic solution for sleep. Absolutely no. So yeah, yeah, I support that too. Just because the tendency to get it's just another thing going back to the new age information thing it's like ah here's this new shiny thing outside of myself that is going to cure all my woes as opposed to just dealing with it with yourself you know going at it with that balanced approach i love how you said that um you know looking at all the systems it's just do you have balance do you have ease within the systems if you don't have balance if you don't have ease you have dis-ease and so that's you know, going to express for different ways. And with everybody too, it's bio-individuality. What works for one person isn't going to work for another. And the way that, you know, those objective measurable variables are analyzed may not necessarily carry over to anything functional. You know, I, one other thing too, I just wanted to mention is that the EMF 5G, uh, just all the current research coming out about that is just like so apparent. I cannot emphasize to you guys enough shut off your Wi-Fi and your router before you go to bed at night. If you can unplug all of the, the outlets in your room, try to keep your phone outside. If it's in your room, keep it at least three feet away from your body on airplane mode, no matter what. I love that idea, Jocelyn. If you said, just put it right outside your door because it forces you to get up, get your ass out of bed and go shut off your alarm anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the last piece I was going to say, cause it's something that I do personally for those objective measures, especially I'm, I'm training high intensity resistance training three times a week, three, four times a week. So I'm having to be more conscious about monitoring my stress bank account and knowing where the resources are coming in and out. Cause if you're going to be training really hard three days a week, you're going to need way more resources allocated towards recovery. And so I'm noticing that just as the last couple of months of doing some more hard style kettlebell training. I'm having to prioritize my recovery a little bit more. And it comes down to all these little things. Like, did I get on the power plate today for five minutes? Did I spend 10 minutes doing Qigong and breathing after my workout to help bring myself back into a parasympathetic state faster? And, you know, like there's so many of those little, again, one times a hundred. But um, one I just wanted to touch on for sleep is if you don't want to buy an aura ring and, you know, if you're not trying to deal with all the extra techie stuff, my biggest recommendation is two measurable variables that you can record with yourself. The first one is your heart rate. Just by taking your pulse, your beats per minute is going to be a good indicator of your body's uh, state of recovery, its state of stress. And if you track this regularly over a period of time and you're somewhere in a consistent range of 54 beats per minute when you wake up, you can just check the pulse on the wrist or under the neck 
And uh, if, say, uh, you've gone through a couple of days with uh, low sleep, poor nutrition, uh, lack of recovery practices and breathing and parasympathetic practices, your heart rate will actually be higher in the morning because it's not going to have recovered as much and it's not going to be in as a, in a relaxed parasympathetic state. So you can use that as a measure. It's a, a common measure for high performance athletes is if you get up and your heart rate is higher than normal, specifically after a certain point, say it's like five beats higher, like it's significantly higher. You, if you were, if you had a strength training session scheduled that day, you don't do it. You don't strength train. What's the point? You're negative in your bank account and you're going to go take out another 40 bucks doesn't make any sense, you know, so you want to, okay, well, today I'm going to reschedule to a recovery day. I'm going to go take a yoga class and hang out in the sun and absorb some nutrients that way and recover. And then the next day your heart rate's back down to where your average usually is. Okay, now it's time to train. So that's a really easy one. And the other one I recommend is Bolt Test, which is a body oxygen level test, I believe it is, Bolt. And um, you're just breathing in and out normally. After a normal breath, you just exhale. <sighs> And you just hold your breath out with an empty pair of lungs and see how long you can go before taking your next breath in without exaggeratingly holding the breath to a point where you're like, <gasps> you're like going to die. Yeah. Naturally, whenever your next inhale is, is the amount of seconds that is. The longer that bolt score is, the better your body's ability to utilize oxygen and nutrients mm -hmm. and, and show indicates that it's in less stressed state. So you know, just four little basic feedback for people like that. Like those are two really easy tests that you can do every day. And it's just something to help build habits that bring more awareness and attention to the whole holistic process of recovery, no matter what it is, as long as it's bringing more of your attention and energy towards the process of getting your bank account right, then, you know, whatever works for you, try all the strategies. And then, you know, coming back to this last piece that I have here is with any objective assessments, no matter what it is, it doesn't do any good if you just do the test and then don't reflect and integrate the information, you know, journal, I cannot emphasize how important it is, you know, not only for the stress relieving benefits of going back to emotional, psychological stress, telling somebody about it with your words or writing it down on paper, both will create a nice release an opportunity for you to decrease your stress by uh, getting it out of you specifically, but also objective analysis. You get to go back and reflect on, I had a double cheeseburger and a piece of pie last <laughs> night and I woke up like I was hung over and I slept like dog shit. Okay. Well, that's key note. Don't do that. Again. <laughs> I went for a walk in the cool night breeze before I went to bed last night and I fell asleep way faster than normal okay, maybe you want to try doing that more often, yeah. whatever it is, just make sure you're recording the results. So that way you can reflect back on the data because you're the experiment and the scientist. I say that over and over because it's mm -hmm. so relevant. You're mm -hmm. testing on yourself. And if you don't go back and actually observe what you did and how it affected you, you'll never create any kind of positive experience. You'll never associate that change with that behavior and your likelihood of repeating that behavior in the future is going to go down. And that's the whole real end game kind of like what we started with talking about is it's less about what you know and more about what you do with what you know it's that application mm -hmm. yeah i mean i love that um i love the bank account analogy and jocelyn i love a lot of the tips you were just giving that goes into replenishing your bank account because you know like 
because of what I do, my mind always goes to some of these tougher situations. And mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, you're right. Like to a certain degree, like if it's like that all the time forever, it's sort of like, okay, well, what are you doing like with your life? But sometimes, you know, let's take, let's take the bank account analogy. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe you get a a really difficult diagnosis and all of a sudden your medical expenses increase by a thousand dollars a month. Right. Like what does that do to your bank account? And so I think when you're in those emergency situations, sometimes it's a long-term solution in order to fix things and get to that place. And so what do you do in the meantime? And I love what you guys brought up and I just want to emphasize it again. So for those people who are in that situation where right now uh, a lot of these more basic things are tough or getting enough sleep is tough, what do you do? And it's going back to the bank account. What are the other ways I can replenish it? And so if you're working full time and your infant is waking you up twice in the middle of the night to feed or they're nocturnal for now or whatever the case is, (laughs) can you foam roll? Can you eliminate heavy metals? Can you take the electronics out of your room? Can you do a few minutes of stretching, you know, not overdo it, but maybe take the stroller out for a walk for those few minutes to unwind before you go to bed? Can you do any of those things? Can you sleep in a a recliner that prevents you from rolling over with your infant on your chest so that you can nurse while you're dozing on and off? I mean, that yeah. saved me a lot, you know, and some mm-hmm. people have different, yeah. you know, feelings on whether they're comfortable or not with that. And I understand that, you know, yourself and if you would roll over or be, you know, put yourself in a position to harm your baby, but mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, like how can you replenish it? Listening to music. And also I think the most, one of the most important things, um, since we've been talking about stress and sleep, how can you increase your threshold for stress? How can you make it so that you can handle a lot more before your body and your mind perceives it as stressful and turns on your stress response? You know, like you said about the car, those mindfulness strategies, um, those strategies on how to not just mentally, but physically release the Mm -hmm. negative, you know, emotions and stress from your body, physically shut down that response, actually change your hormonal response to it on the spot, which you can do no matter what you're, as you're going about your daily life. These are mindfulness strategies you can practice that Mm -hmm. can increase your threshold for stress so that you're doing all of the same things yet not feeling stressed. Mm -hmm. Whereas before you would have felt stressed going about those things. And so I just, I just love that. And, you know, all of those things, all those strategies you mentioned, Jocelyn, John, the way you expressed it with the bank account for anybody out there who's just listening to this and feeling, you know, sort of hopeless or discouraged because you're like, you know, I just can't like, now I know how dangerous it is not to sleep, but I don't know how I can do that. Now I have a long-term plan. I want to look for that other job. I'm doing the stuff I can to change it in the future, but what do I do right now? that's what you do. There it is. And the human body is so resilient that as long as you're diligent about that long-term plan to improve your situation, know that your body can bounce back from it and don't take it lightly, but you know, do everything you can, but know that these little things that you're doing now can really make a big difference. And that having that long-term plan to be in the position where you are getting that ideal night's sleep, when you, as soon as you can prioritize it, you absolutely should because it's that important. 
know that it will make a difference and your body can bounce back from being in stressful situations for a long time and that you can literally help yourself like age backwards in some ways yes mm-hmm. totally agree that's so i am so touched this we want to connect with these kind of people because we know that it's not ideal but it's also not easy for people to get out of this kind of situation and another thing i wanted to add to what you're saying is also to pause for a moment really like take a moment to be grateful and appreciate yourself that you have mm-hmm. even been able to to exist in such a mess right <laughs> if you've been so stressed out like i like the idea of pausing and appreciate yourself regardless of the moment like appreciate yourself and you've done your best to support your body cells like the body knows what to do when you support it appreciate yourself and as long as you are holding yourself accountable and doing everything you can every day doing your best then you are at peace already but if you're not being accountable then that's not good (laughs) sorry we have a guest over here and uh Nicole and John, hello. (laughs) And uh, Nicole and John, today I want to offer um, a special gift um, to everybody out there who is like, right now I'm really stressed out. I understand, you know, sleep is important to me, but I don't don't see how I can make it work. Maybe it's because you feel like you are short on time or maybe you actually can't sleep because something is happening in your body I don't know why, you know, I do all these assessments with my clients, but there is a reason there that you are not getting enough sleep or you are sleeping less for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I have for you a strategy workbook. So this workbook, I put in all my beautiful intention in it. And it's the idea that um, we know enough, but it's hard to do what we know sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so in this workbook, I'm guiding someone through this beautiful journey of relaxation towards a better night's sleep. In the workbook, I have all these amazing kind of mind-provoking, engaging techniques and relaxing activities. And some things that maybe some of the things you might have considered them before or you've never done them but it's all about the order of how everything works together in this workbook i've considered it because i've taken um, a look at all the clients that i've had right how can i make this really quick easy to follow guide that someone can follow through and actually improve their sleep tonight which is the mission that we started with, right? So this workbook, um, I have shared a link with Nicole and John. So yes, and this can- will be in the show notes, guys. For yeah. those of you listening, yeah. we we're going to put that link into the show notes so that you can click it and get this workbook immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have also in this workbook, uh, I created a very special meditation in there. This is to really help people with racing thoughts, you know, and people Mm -hmm. just really feel, have you been there where you feel like you are just so stressed out and it feels like you are just going through the day? You don't remember what it feels like to be rested. You don't even want to pause because you don't feel you have the right to pause and relax because there's always things that you have to do. Like, so 
this is going to be a very important workbook if you are in that situation. This meditation is amazing. And again, like John was saying, it's one in hundred. There's so many different things that you can try out there. But at the end of the day, it's important to actually pick specific strategies that you can apply to your unique challenges Mm -hmm. and then move on from there. And do them consistently, guys. If you do, if you go to the gym for two days, you're not going to your buddies expecting to have lost 20 pounds and look like the Hulk, right? You got to go yeah. consistently every mm-hmm. day for two months. And then all of a sudden, without noticing it overnight, you just feel and look better. That's the idea of these holistic practices is mm-hmm. it's less about trying to achieve some sort of end destination and just more enjoying the process. And this is something going back to our example of like the special circumstances, life, jobs, kids, whatever it is, cancer, disease has put you into a different category than general population. And you have these special circumstances that you need to follow for your said protocol. That does not mean that you cannot enjoy your life more, that you cannot be in less of a state of stress, less of a state of pain and discomfort. You can have relief today, even if it's just a little bit and consistently over a time, if you apply all of these strategies into your life or a majority of them that work for you consistently, you'll see long-term change. But that's the, you know, kind of the irony of especially the Western mind and society is that we've been conditioned to chase after the short-term gratification instead of pursuing the long-term reward. You know, the tortoise wins the race slow and steady. It's not the fast little quick fixes. It's not the, mm-hmm. you know, two, you know, it's better like the idea too, of it's better to get a good, a, a reasonably good night of sleep every night, as opposed to really good night of sleep four nights of the week and then dog shit sleep three nights of the week, you know, balance, moderation, consistency, the -hmm. basics, the fundamentals, it's just being aware of your overall responsibility to the processes. It's like you're the owner of your company and then your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest nervous system, and then your sympathetic fight or flight nervous system. Those are your two managers. You're the owner. You're the one that gets to tell the managers what to tell the employees. But if you don't communicate effectively with your managers, you wouldn't expect your business to flourish because the owner is not giving the direction. It's not setting the intention. So if you have an intention to improve your life quality, then you need to address sleep as one of those main principles in that process. And if you're looking for guidance in that process, Jocelyn is one of the best resources I could recommend for you guys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So on that note, make sure you check out those show notes, get the workbook. Uh, And Jocelyn, where can people keep in touch with you, learn more about you, perhaps become one of your clients? Um, I don't know if you are only work with people in person or if you do some online work for those who aren't in your area, but share it. Let's see. Yes, I connect with people globally and um, you can find me at sleepishealth.com. Now, you don't want to forget that. Because sleep is health. Yes. So just type in sleepishealth.com mm-hmm. and you'll find me. And you can also download the workbook from my website as well if you don't get to find the link. 
And I also offer a free consultation. So for example, if someone goes through the workbook, so I have the three steps. There is a, 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 a kind of like a, a smaller workbook that is very general. And then I have a more detailed workbook, which get, gives more in-depth guidance. And then from there, um, if someone wants to talk to me as well, they can actually book a free half an hour to five minutes consultation. And those uh, free consultations, I'm just being very generous because I do get a chance to uh, listen to the person and then I can figure out what their sleep story is and then I can tell them honestly if I can help them within my scope of practice because at the end of the day I don't believe that I'll help everybody but I will help specific people so it's important that um, we have that process and also at the very least the person will at least leave with some specific insight about their sleep and at least they will know the next steps to take to improve their sleep whether it involves me or not so i like to offer that as well so yeah just remember go to sleepishealth.com i also have a podcast as well called sleep is health podcast over there i also discuss more practical and actionable steps that people can use to improve sleep tonight i'm very practical in my practice i like to just really give people practical things things they can do right away i'm also a little bit nerdy right i'm nerdy i want to know about the science stuff and exp explain all of these uh, behind the scenes things mm -hmm. but i also like to keep it practical so my podcast is very practical with a lot of um information strategies as well you know i have podcasts on different things like sleeping positions food and sleep so be sure to check that out as well at sleepishealth.com beautiful jocelyn oh my god i will be listening to that <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> intelligent organized wonderful sense of humor and a genuine desire to make the world humanity a better place so go download this workbook guys to learn more about sleep tune into jocelyn's podcast and check her out at sleepishealth.com Absolutely. And thank you so much, Jocelyn, for being here. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. Make sure you check out the Holistic Therapies Directory, whether you are somebody looking for a holistic practitioner, either in your area or online, or if you are a practitioner looking to spread the word about what you do. And you can find wonderful practitioners on there, like the ones we feature on this show. So be sure to do that. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us. I'm Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach. I'm John Kemp, Functional Strength and Nutrition Coach and Yoga Instructor. And don't forget, guys, to go give us a review on this podcast, Optimizing Human Potential. You can find us on all platforms. We're on Stitcher and Buzzsprout and Apple. And your guys' reviews help us get higher rankings so we can get this podcast out to more people and help improve the life quality for everyone. So please go share it with anybody you know that would receive value, anybody you know that's struggling with their sleep. This is a perfect opportunity for them to dive down the rabbit hole of improving their life. So you could very well change someone's life just by sharing this podcast with them. So make sure to spread the knowledge. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have you again. Thanks, and guys. And subscribe. Have yes. a good night, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world, everyone. Take care, Jocelyn. Thanks for the interview. Thanks, Thank Jocelyn. You. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Optimizing Human Potential show. Don't forget to rate and review. For more information, you can visit www.holistictherapiesdirectory.com. And from their website, you can check out their social pages. We'll see you in the next episode.